Hello there. Thanks for joining us on the Christ Covenant Sermon Talkback. The Sermon Talkback is where pastors and members of Christ Covenant can process the sermon, ask questions, and more practically apply the content of the sermon. If you do have a question you would like to have dialogued, please use our text to pastor line at 404-465-1737. And if you'd like to find more resources, visit ChristCovenant.com slash resources. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Well, thanks for listening to the Sermon Talkback. I'm Thomas Nelson. We got Barrett Fisher here and Liz Francho. Excited to... Liz, I always question, did I say your last name right? And you I do. know I did, but like I still question. I can, yeah, that's right, Francho. Oh, that's great. Hey, you know what? Yesterday, it was a fun Sunday. The week before Thanksgiving... And that always in my mind starts the Christmas season. Uh, we'll get the Christmas trees out. It's going to be awesome. We'll start looking at uh, at more Christmas texts, the birth of Christ, the Advent. Really excited. But yesterday we looked at the precursor, the forerunner to Jesus, which was the prophecy of the birth of John the Baptist to uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And so we kind of in my mind, kicked off the Christmas season, starting to look at this passage. And I'm looking here at Barrett. He's got this piece of paper with a whole list of questions. Barrett, why don't you start us off? I mean, you got a, a litany there of questions. I am happy to to kick us off here. So I, I found it interesting in, you, you know, the text yesterday was Luke 1 verses 11 through 17. But Thomas, you did back up to verse 5. That's right. And so um, I, I, I find it interesting in verse 6 that it says, and they, talking about Zachariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. I mean, it's a pretty strong verse. They were righteous. They were walking blameless in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. And so, um, you know, obviously this is pre death and resurrection of Jesus. That's right. In what we think of in post-resurrection, uh, post-crucifixion resurrection of Jesus as being righteous in Christ. And so when when the Bible says this, uh, just throw it out to you, Thomas, like what, what, what does it mean that they were both righteous before God and walking blamelessly? I think if you'd ask me that question, uh, maybe... 20 years ago, when I was like just starting in ministry, I would have really struggled with that question because I would have probably thought, okay, well, there was a sacrificial system that God had set up mm-hmm. after the Exodus and um, they must have obeyed the sacrifices. And and I probably would have given you a little bit of a convoluted answer. That was the best of my understanding. But if you go back to Genesis 15 in verse 6, we see a really interesting line. This is where... God has made a covenant with Abram and in Genesis 15, six, it says that, and he, Abram believed the Lord and he counted it to him as a righteousness faith before Christ and faith after the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ has always been our access point to God. It's always been trusting God. Otherwise, uh, kind of what the writer of Hebrews says, if the blood of bulls and goats could have could have gotten us there, if there's some other means besides only a work that God could do, 
where that means my only my hope can be in God, my faith in God, then we probably would have been able to do it by works in the Old Testament. And mm. I would have said, well, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were just really good at, at doing the things of God. Mm. But before Jesus, the hope would, would have been that God would save us. Post Jesus, the hope is God did save us. Mm. And it's always been by God's grace through faith. Through faith and so I, made righteous. Yeah, so I think they really believed and hoped in the Lord. So they were made righteous that way. Right. But then there's the caveat, and you just said it, that they also walked blamelessly before the Lord. What a trite statement to summarize all of their life, right? Right. Like they were they were uh, righteous and they walked blamelessly. And then it just continues on in the text. But mm. I think that also shows not only did they really have a faith in God, a saving faith in God, mm. but they also adjusted their lives appropriately mm. To say thank you. Yeah, I think you made a good distinction in that the righteousness is by faith. You know, the 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 righteousness of of like of God was was basically imputed on them. You know, we see that obviously in Christ, but mm-hmm. right now because of their faith, they had they were they were seen righteous, and then their faith compelled them to obedience, compelled them to walk blamelessly. And so it's, I think that that has been difficult for me where it's like, you, you sometimes we get that backwards, you know, yeah. where it's like, oh, I have to do everything right. And then God will make me righteous. And it's, no, it's, it's because of our faith. We then want to love God mm-hmm. and obey him. And, you know, that's what we see with, you know, Zachariah and Elizabeth that there, it, it you, you can tell there is a genuine love for God's law and love to obey him. Yeah. You know, the other day I was talking to someone and um, talking about one of their loved ones. And I was saying, well, do you think he's a believer? And they, and they, they kind of paused and it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're a believer. And the reason that they paused and have that response is because yes, they've kind of said they're a believer, but their life doesn't look like it at all. Mm, yeah. And I, I, I think that's the point that you're making here with Zachariah and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. They believed in God, but they also walked blamelessly. So their life matched what they believed. And I would say yeah. for Christ covenant members, I mean, that is absolutely what we are going for. That's right. Not, not only do we profess with our mouth, you know, remember in Titus one, when we preached through the book of Titus, that yeah. they profess to know God, but by their, their deeds, they deny him. That is not who we want to be. That's right. We want to be people that profess to know God, and then by our deeds, it very much looks like, man, they believe in God. Wasn't it it Brendan Manning that had that line about the single greatest cause of atheism in the world? I can't remember if it was him or not. Was Christians who uh, acknowledge God with their lips but deny him by their lifestyle. Mm. And that's it's so confusing to a world out there that is saying, well, you guys say you have the hope, you've got the answer, you got all the stuff, but... Our lives kind of look the same. So, what are you really saying? It's very confusing to people. Yeah. If out of a heart of gratitude, mm-hmm. and I think that's the key, not out of a heart of I hope God will bless me. I hope that uh, I'll get into heaven. I hope all these, you know, this and that will happen. Out of a heart of gratitude because of what God has done through Christ. And in the case of Elizabeth and Zechariah, out of a gratitude of what they trusted God would do in Messiah then we adjust our lives and say, thank you. 
Yeah. And that's what a life of obedient is. Mm-hmm. Uh, obedient, an obedient life to the Lord is one that says, God, you're so good. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. Um, Liz, you were kind of, you were kind of saying that one thing that hit you about the sermon yesterday was kind of that question, like, are you paving a way for the Lord? Is your life about yourself or is it about, about the things of God? I, I don't know if you have some thoughts there. Yeah, I thought um, that was kind of the, you know, the, the, the question and the kind of the charge almost to mm-hmm. um, at the end of the sermon was, you know, are, is your life more about yourself, um, about, you know, what you would like God to bless you with, what you would like God to, you know, to, to do for you, or are you really about the kingdom coming? You know, are you, are you more concerned and more burdened by, um, the, you know, the, the bigger things, the weightier Mm -hmm. things of, you know, what we, what we know to be true is that one day, you know, God's going to bring his kingdom here on earth. And, um, so I, I thought it was really good to, for us to just reflect on that, especially, you know, going into Advent and, Mm. you know, really this starts Mm. with our prayer life too, is like, it's, it's not just about action as well. It's, it's kind of the, the, the posture of our hearts as we are walking with God and, and, um, Mm. spending time in prayer too. So, um, yeah, I think I think it'd be good. I enjoyed this. You know, a lot of times with it when you're kind of entering an advent, you go straight into the into the um the birth story of Christ and I think this was like a good setting up for that. Hmm. I think this also plays into just a bigger issue going on maybe in the church, this idea of um is God calling me? To, to make a way for him? Am I a type of John the Baptist as a New Testament Christian? Um, you know, just because Jesus came doesn't mean that the work of the type of John the Baptist is done. Mm. Like, I think we are in a type of John the Baptist. But the problem is there's a lot of like really catchy uh, Christian music out there, really good, uh, well-worded sermons even. There's a lot of stuff out there that's very popular that actually kind of points towards maybe God helping me have a better life. And I'm kind of instructed by some Christian influences to really be a little more about me mm-hmm. and a little less about the kingdom of God and the way of God. And that's that's problematic. It's problematic when I start reading my Bible. It's problematic when I go and I, I evaluate which church to join. You gotta be really careful that we don't think start thinking that God has is sitting up in heaven trying to figure out how to make life good for me. Um, now, he does that a lot of times. I mean, he's given us all some pretty great things. But at the end of the day, it's all about him. Amen. And it's best that way. Mm. We're actually much, much better off if it's all about him than if it was all about me or you or you. Yeah. Um, I think it's just something we have to, we have to guard ourselves against. I think it's would be naive to think that we're not going to pretty much every day come with a self-centered approach. You know, it's, um, yeah. you know, we're we're still in the effects of the fall We're we're, you know, in a fleshly body. And so, you know, we're, we're called to love God first and then love our neighbor as we love ourselves. The, as yourself is like implied, you know, that you're going to take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's where we can, you know, we can help each other to, to guard against that. You know, are you, are you going reading yourself in the, in the scripture? Are you going, 
really trying to rightly see what God is doing, you know, in, in this, you know, in this story. So on this, on this note, Thomas, you introduced a, an interesting term yesterday that I imagine might have gone over the heads of, of a few in the, in the congregation. And so, um, I, I thought it'd be a good, a good thing for a talk back just to kind of explain, but it's, it's the term narcissus. Narcissus. I, I think one misunderstanding is that the Jesus there is actually <laughs> Jesus, J E S U S, not J E S U S, right? Right? Like, is that what you wait? Did you say that? No, no, I, 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 okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not, it's not Narcissus. That's it is not, it is not him. <laughs> That's right. It's not Narcissus. It's Narcissus. So G E S I S. So it's it's a play on words from the word exegesis. That's right. And exegesis basically is a Greek word which is which means to explain or interpret. And so you can kind of think of like the word ex actually in the Greek means like out. That's right. So like to take something out. So basically you're taking an interpretation out of the text. So exegesis is a very good thing. This is what we're trying to do week in and week out at Christ Covenant. We're trying to do solid exegesis. That's right. A solid taking out of the text what God, how he revealed himself and what he meant in the text. And we're trying to take out of the text what he meant for us. Um, there's also a term eisegesis and ice, E-I-S, it means in. So X is out, ice is in. So eisegesis is like interpreting into the text something. That's so right. I come with an agenda and I want to read into the text what I have in my mind. So eisegesis, bad. Mm -hmm. That's right. Exegesis, good. That's right. And now, now you introduce him to us, Narcissus. <laughs> so why don't you take us, tell us what Narcissus is? Look, Narcissus is, uh, it's super convicting. So I'm just going to br briefly talk about this because it's very convicting. You're welcome to <laughs> repent <laughs> on the podcast. No problem. <laughs> Look, so often, I'll, let me just be real practical. So often I'll start in the morning and I'll open my Bible to spend some time with the Lord. And I begin reading in maybe a Proverbs. I'll go to Proverbs and today's the 22nd. So I start reading Proverbs 22 and then pretty much start thinking, how is this about me and how can I have a better day and how mm. can, uh, you know, how can I apply these things and, and, you know, get my way. Yeah. Well, that's a fairly narcissistic way of reading the Bible. And so that's right. really the play on words. It's not completely different than eisegesis. It's it's a little more fun way to say it. I think it's a I think it's a form of eisegesis. So you're not just reading into the text something else. You're actually reading yourself into the text. So, Completely. So the yeah. text. So the Bible was kind of written for me. Yeah, that's exactly how. Unfortunately, I have read it before, and I think a lot of Christians. Read, I think right. a lot of people have preached that way before. And let me give you an example. The most famous verse in Isaiah 40 is Isaiah 40, 31, yeah. right? Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. A Narcissus a reading of that text is basically an Old Testament version of Philippians 4.13. You know yeah, what? I can do all I things can through Christ. I can do all things. <laughs> I can win that basketball game. I can right. get that deal at work. I can, you name it, and I can do it. Right. And Christ is on my side. I'm the hero, baby. <laughs> and God's just there to help me out. Yeah. 
when you read the text properly and you see God as the center, Mm. God as the subject, me as a person in God's story, when you get to verse 31 of Isaiah, it's actually one of the lesser verses in the chapter because the chapter paints this glorious picture of Mm. the Lord and you are humbled. Mm -hmm. And by the time you get to verse 31, you're thinking, I, I can't believe he'd give me any strength. He's yeah. just amazing. Wow. Yeah. And that strength is he's giving me is to do his work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 And go ahead, Liz. You know, is this kind of is standing out to me right now is like the only way to really be able to do narcissus is to take isolated verses because if you actually read the whole passage, it doesn't make sense because it's not about you. Mm, So it only works if you just have these isolated scriptures and then you, you apply just that little, you know, that little sentence to yourself. And so even, you know, this passage in Luke, you know, it's, if you're reading the whole passage, it's very difficult to make it about yourself, you know, because it's yeah. it's it's not. Yeah. And so to kind of bring it back to Luke one, I mean, when you look at John the Baptist and and what he was sent to do, mm-hmm. um, it, it was basically to to give up his life. I mean, to deny to deny himself and um, in Jesus' words, to take up his cross and and to and to pave the way for Jesus. I mean, that's what he was sent to do. Um, and so nothing about him was self-focused. And so, I mean, there's a lot that we can learn about John the Baptist and That's what right. you were talking about yesterday and being a path clearer, you know, paving, mm-hmm. paving the way. We're not doing it in the same way that we're paving the way that John the Baptist did for the Messiah, but we're paving the way for kingdom work to continue That's on right. this earth. And we do that by giving up of ourself. And so Narcissus Jesus has no place in true Christianity, we would never read ourselves in and say that like, this is about me. That's right. It's all about God and his kingdom purposes. And he graciously invites us. We are privileged mm. to be invited along in his kingdom work. That's a good word. Well, let, let me, let me ask you because I did use that, um, that book title, uh, the conquistadors of the useless yeah. about those guys that climbed Annapurna and full disclosure, I love the mountains mm-hmm. and yep. I like going on climbing trips. And, um, but when I put that out there, it was pretty brief. It was at the end of the message. I think you could walk away and think, I guess I need to sell my golf clubs. I guess I shouldn't do any more like gardening or whatever my little thing is. Can you have some hobbies? Can you do some stuff that's fun and still be a path clearer for the Lord and not be a conquistador of the useless? Yeah, I, I think, the way that I like to think about this, um, well, okay, let me state the problem first. I feel like part of the problem is that especially in the West, and I think it has to do, goes back to the separation of church and state. And um, I, I think from the modern period into the postmodern period, I think it, it became to become, it became more and more um, obvious that there is this separation between the sacred and the secular. Mm. Okay, so we relegate... You just, so- you just took it back. I like this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I we, think you're right, though. We separate some things that are sacred. Mm-hmm. You know, church is sacred. Our faith is sacred. Our beliefs mm. are sacred. 
Uh, maybe our family is sacred, you know, those type things. But then we have this secular world. So our job is secular. Mm -hmm. uh, the hobbies that we do are secular. A lot of our, you know, vacations and, and even weekend, a lot of weekends aside from Sunday morning, you know, those are all secular things. And so we, we tend to put, put them in these two categories, sacred and secular. That's right. And so we, we separate them out and, um, now I'm forgetting your exact question. <laughs> so can, can, we, like, well, if it's can we do some of the separated yeah. stuff still for the Lord or is that all just uselessness? Right. So I, right. I, I think what, yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I was going. And so we separate it in this sacred and secular, but I think what the Bible is teaching is that there's not these two categories of sacred and secular. I think what the Bible is saying is either your identity is in Christ or mm. it's in something else. Yeah. And so we start to feel this, we start to feel this uselessness when our identity actually gets to be in those other things. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I, I mean, one that preachers I feel like hit on all the time is like college football, you know, and it's like, you, we're actually not supposed to cheer at a college football game or whatever. But the, the problem becomes when your identity actually gets to be in this school, in this team that's playing mm -hmm. a game. That's right. And, and you have some identity there. But if your identity is rooted and founded in Jesus himself, then we are actually free to like enjoy all of God's creation. And we realize that those things that we may have put into a secular category actually have a spiritual meaning as they're seen through the lens of scripture and, and through our identity in Christ. That's yeah, good. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, the things of the world are temporary, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, we just, you know, we just celebrated the world series. Awesome. You know, and, but it's, you know, it's, it, it, huge high. And then now life, life goes on, you know, it's over. That's right. Um, you know, we're still enjoying the celebration, but it's, you know, I think if you're going to climb that mountain, reach the summit and then, then what, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? You know, so I think that that's kind of the, you know, obviously I haven't read that book, but you know, that's kind of from the title, you kind of get that. It's like, okay, they made it to the top and then they realized, oh wait, you know, it's kind of useless. Yeah, like our we whole, spent our whole all life this. was devoted to this pursuit <laughs> mm -hmm. and we did it. And now what? And there's actually uh, the story there. There actually were two guys that were a part of that climbing expedition that their friendship crumbled after that. There, yeah. there mm. was such tension on the mountain, and because their whole existence was that climb, mm. that was their identity. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why Paul says to the Colossian, to to the church in in Colossia, maybe that's why he says, "Hey, whether you eat or drink, yeah, do it all for the glory of God." That's mm -hmm. right. And maybe that's maybe that's a good way for us to kind of land the plane today yeah. as we're rolling into Thanksgiving, and if you're a sports fan, it's Rival Weekend. Mm -hmm. You know. Whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God, and you will be a person who is seeing the Lord more and more clearly and one who is trying to be a path clearer for Christ. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>